You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in, folks, here on Big Blue Views Audio Lineup. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. And today we are going to be discussing some of the things that came from the Tampa Bay loss for the New York Giants. 30-10 to 10 was the final score on Monday Night Football. And we really dug into this Giants team when we did our, our post-game reaction show justifiably. Uh, and we're probably going to be doing the same exact thing on this show. It's one of those g- games where... Nothing really redeeming that you could take away from it. There was nothing that really popped off where it's like, yeah, that, you know, they lost, but they could at least look back on. But this is certainly uh, a disappointing performance across the board. And I I think there's no better way to start, Chris, than the performance of one Daniel Jones, who threw two interceptions, did not even get over 200 passing yards, threw one touchdown to Andrew Thomas, of all people. Um, But those interceptions and... His accuracy and his decision making; those things were exemplified in this in this crappy performance from the offense. Um, what are some of the things that maybe you noticed after you went back and looked again? Yeah, uh, just all of the above. And you know, one of the things I noticed was that as it, the Giants' offensive line was not good. Uh, you know, we saw the Pro Football Focus grades after it was yeah after it all got over with and when they released them this morning and they really only graded will Hernandez poorly. And yeah, Hernandez had an absolutely horrible game, but I I don't quite agree with the high grades. The rest of the offensive linemen got Uh, Andrew Thomas accepted, but you know, I don't think the offensive line was also quite that bad as it looked in the heat of the game, particularly as the wheels came off and the Giants were <laughs> not even one-dimensional. They were zero-dimensional. And yeah, Daniel Jones had time. Yeah, granted, some of that time was him trying to run away from defenders, but he still held the ball the third longest of any quarterback this week. But, you know... His average depth depth of target was just a little bit over five yards. His average completion was traveled, didn't even travel four yards in the air. So he's holding the ball for almost forever. I think he held the ball for something like 3.2 seconds, which is kind of an eternity in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something you normally see from really play action heavy teams. You know, teams that are running play action almost every single snap. And the Giants weren't doing that. They ran play action, but not a ton of it. So he was holding the ball for a long time and then throwing really short passes. And also, yeah, 29 of his passes were 10 yards or shorter. He only attempted nine passes 
more than 10 yards downfield. And then, you know, you talk about the processing, the eye discipline issues, you know, those really led to the two interceptions. Uh, He just wasn't seeing the field all that well. And it was also taking him a long time to get the offense lined up. Uh, Todd Bowles wasn't doing anything that exotic with his coverages, at least not that I saw. Yeah, maybe there were some guys milling around a little bit, but you know, this wasn't a full amoeba defense where you didn't know who was coming, who's dropping, or what. This was still a, a fairly typical four-man front, two down linemen, two edges. It, it, this wasn't some crazy defense from Mars that Jones had never seen before. But he was still, uh, he seemed really confused by it. Yeah, it, it, there was a lot of confusion, it, it seemed like, from Daniel Jones. And, and the one thing that that irked me uh, talking in the, you know, the post game was just all the problems that we've seen him have just came to the, the you know, the, the precipice here where it's, it was all we saw in this game was lack of decision making, um, you know, a lack of sense of urgency. And then the go to that he has, which is the minute things aren't going well, he just throws the ball in any random direction uh, or he tries to run around and then get rid of the ball. There were a couple times also where he didn't turn the ball over. But Daniel Jones has this annoying tendency where he'll roll out and he'll start running towards the sideline and then he'll try to complete a pass where there's no room on the sideline. And, you know, stuff like that to hold the ball that long to try and move out of the pocket to create a play that's not going to be there. Um, that to me is is ultimately frustrating. And like I said on the post game live stream, I'm out on Daniel Jones. He for me would have to do uh, a lot to really make up for all the mistakes that he's had this season. Uh, and I know that Jason Garrett has not necessarily given him much to work with based on the play calling. And there's also been some injuries, but all the guys were out there yesterday. All the available receivers, Saquon Barkley was out there. That performance against a defense that didn't have Vita Vey and some other guys and some guys were banged up is incredibly, incredibly disappointing. Um, but, you know, there's a strong possibility too, Chris, we were talking about before the show that maybe in the next few weeks, Jason Garrett's probably not going to be around. Uh, yeah, it it seems like they're, the Giants are approaching a tipping point with that. I don't know if it happens this week. Uh, who knows? It could happen before this podcast airs. Uh, it would be kind of a very Giants thing to do to replace your offensive coordinator on a short week going against a division rival where the week is broken up by a holiday, taking you know another day worth of preparation out of the mix. You know, that would be a, an incredibly giants move, you know, just the way they've done their business lately. But it, it almost seems inevitable that they're going to have to make a change. If only for Joe judge and Dave Gettleman to try to save their own jobs. You know, at this point, Jason Garrett might just be the sacrificial lamb. I, I haven't been particularly impressed by him. He is capable <laughs> of calling some not terrible offense, like the giants opening drive. They kind of skidded and looked a little bit like a newborn deer at times, but there was some pretty intelligent play design, some 
decent sequencing, some good use of misdirection. So we know it's there. The problem is once we get out of those scripted plays or the Giants aren't in complete desperation mode, you, you never see that again. Right, right. Um, and we even got that one Kadarius Tony toss, which was um, incomplete because of a, a pass interference call. But Chris, the other thing too, we, we, we saw this performance from the offensive line. And I feel as though... Will Hernandez probably had one of his worst performances that we've seen all year. And again, that's not going against Vitavea. He didn't face Vitavea in this game, and he still tr- struggled tremendously. He had a lot of issues, um, and other guys on the offensive line also didn't play well. But Will Hernandez seems to be the guy that we're going to be picking on this week. Yeah, well, he kind of earned it. Yeah, three penalties. I. Uh, gave up a whole bunch of pressures. He was getting run over, and yeah, and Dominican Sue. Is still a good defensive lineman, but yeah, he's not the guy he was when he came into the league and was just ragdolling the best veterans any team had to offer. Yeah, this was a defense that honestly, from what I had read, Bucks fans were down on. They were almost done with this defense. They were saying it was a terrible defense and it was going to cost them their season. So they, this was you know almost a get healthy game for them another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, it really was. They they struggled over the, the, the past two games. They're dealing with injuries. Um, and, you know, like they're, they're coming off this two-game losing streak. They looked like crap against Washington. And this really was a get-right game. And we kind of kept joking about that throughout the season. But this was what the Buccaneers needed to situate themselves and get back on track. And they they worked through all their problems, it felt like, <laughs> in this <laughs> yeah. game offensively and defensively, um, for that matter. Yeah, they, they really did. And yeah, it was one of the Giants' earlier losses. I, I forget which one it was. It might have been the Denver game. It might have been the Dallas game, where after it was done, we said this was just a burn-the-tape game. Just burn it, move on to the next week. Uh, this week... They need to watch every single play. They need to do some soul searching, go to a quiet room, look in a mirror. Uh, Yeah, I'm not quite, you know, whatever they need to do. But this is a game they can't just forget and move on. We, We have seen too many of these just straight up collapses against Denver, against Dallas, against the Rams, where the Giants just, they make a show of being competitive early and then completely fall apart. And yeah, in the beginning, the defense was a legitimate problem. They were a liability, but right now the offense is just dead weight. Yeah. Offense is definitely dead weight. Uh, We also saw some problems defensively. (laughs) Oh yeah. And the the one thing that I took away from this, this game is we've spoken every single week about the issues with the Giants pass rush. And 
it's always been a problem. We know that they don't have any talent off the edge. It's all coming from the interior. This game was the first, like the biggest example of that problem. And the it was exposed throughout most of it that they don't have a pass rush. Because what Tom Brady, Byron Leftwich, the game plan was clearly in this game was to just get the ball out in a couple seconds, keep everything in front of you, take what the defense gives you. That's why he was dumping it off to Leonard Fournette a ton because they noticed that opposing defense or uh, other teams that were facing this this Giants defense were able to get yards that way. And instead of trying to force the ball and getting frustrated with those seven-yard pickups from these dump-offs, they just picked it up and ran with it, and that completely opened up their entire offense. There were instances where, where you saw Tom Brady with a four-man rush standing there for four to five seconds and was able to the, – the, that one long completion, he had a gronk. There should have been a pressure or something there, but instead it led to like a 35-yard completion to Rob Gronkowski. So like that that to me was just the the, the biggest example of how there there is no natural pass rush. And you can't generate a pass rush – um, with blitzes and from your secondary all the time. And it, it, that's what leads to giving up 30 points because your secondary gets so stressed by the end of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And the, one of the big differences from, you know, the previous games where the defense had, sorry. You're good. If anyone hears that, Harley's in the room with me and he decided to scratch just now. But anyway, yeah, one of the big problems with the defense this week is that the interior of the defensive line didn't really show up. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was completely clear when Tom Brady is picking up the 10 yards on a scramble. I mean, it, maybe he cracked the throttle on the hover round to wide open, but yeah, a 44 year old quarterback who has always in his entire career been a statue has never been a, a mobile athlete should not be picking up first downs with his legs like that. Maybe the occasional quarterback sneak. He's good at those, but you know, actual open field running. Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, that is what you draft Dexter Lawrence in the first round for. That's what you pay Leonard Wood, Leonard Williams, Aaron Donald type money to stop. Yeah. You can't have the middle of your defense opening up like that. And also with the Giants coverage, you know, they were playing a whole a whole ton of you know, cover four, cover two, a lot of cover three, especially once the Buccaneers started running the ball well. And like you said, the, uh, Brady was happy to take those seven yard dump offs. And that doesn't give the secondary a chance to give the front the opportunity for coverage sacks, which is where most of the giant sacks come from. And you know, they, when the defense as a whole is just as shoddy as on their fundamentals, as the giants were this game, taking bad angles, taking themselves out of position to make clean tackles when they're in position to make a decent tackle, not making a decent tackle at all. You know, that's when you get the, these quick passes start really hurting you. And that's what we saw where the Buccaneers would hit a, an end around or a quick pass, get the ball on the perimeter. And then all of a sudden that player was gone and they'd pick up a touchdown or a first down, or even just a decent chunk yardage to set them up mm-hmm. in second or third and short. 
Yeah, you also made a note here in our in our notes that the there really wasn't any effective perimeter run defense. Um, you know, like that was that was definitely a big problem. And it just it felt like they were constantly getting killed by chunk plays, just by small chunks here and there. And some of those perimeter runs were an example of that. And you just mentioned the end arounds. Like that, that was how they were able to pick up yards. They need edge defenders. It's not just the pass rush. They need edge defenders. They don't have anybody who can effectively set an edge. And and that is going to be a problem until they address it. And it is, uh, it's shocking to me that the two things that, that we've seen produce results in the NFL have not been addressed over the entire time that Dave Gettleman has been here. And I'm referring to the pass rush and the offensive line. And here we are yet another week. We're talking about, sorry, not even the pass rush, the edge defenders. Edge defenders and offensive line, we're talking about them again. And it, it, the same problems keep popping up because they don't have elite talent at the positions that require elite talent. Yeah, and, and this game was particularly bad because Jason Pierre-Paul was a giant. He was right there. They had him. And they got rid of him on the preposition that he couldn't play in a hybrid defense. He couldn't play from a two-point stance. He couldn't play in a Todd Bowles-style defense that James Betcher was bringing. Well, there he was in Todd Bowles' defense, playing from a two-point stance, effectively playing with one arm and still affecting the game, you know, knocking down passes, setting a good edge in the run game where the Giants gave Saquon Barkley the ball six times. Devontae Booker had some decent runs, but that was after the game was out of reach and the Buccaneers didn't care. You know, they were happy to let the Giants run the ball at that point. You also made note, and this is the last thing that we were going to cover um, defensively, just the the lack of proper tackling angles. You saw a lot of that happening where they were out of position. Um, and part of that, I think, might have just been Tom Brady knowing how to find his guys where the Giants defense was out of position. But they also just didn't, they didn't track the ball well. And, and, and if you don't do that well, that's going to lead to some of those plays. And it, it goes backwards on... What we so what we're talking about was improving defensively, which was improved tackling and rallying to the football. Instead, like everything in this game, they took a, a big step back. Yeah, I can't take anything away from Brady. He is excellent at manipulating defenses. He uses his eyes. He uses his body language. He uses his ball placement to really protect his receivers and you know put the def- put defenders, individual defenders, in as bad a position as they can be in. But also, the Giants kind of did that to themselves. Maybe part of it was Logan Ryan being out. They didn't have that veteran presence in the back end to make sure everybody's lined up. But you know, th- these guys still have to have their fundamentals in check. You know, they still have to take good angles, efficient angles to the ball, where they're they're not trying to lunge at a defender as he runs by. And they have to know they can't get away with shoulder checks. They have to wrap up. They have to square up, wrap up, drive through the guy. You know, proper form tackles. And you know, this problem really does predate Logan Ryan getting COVID. You know, this is a problem they've had all season long. And we we got a respite from it the last couple of weeks, but it's back. And it, it is absolutely a problem. And those leaky yarded, those leaky yards they just keep adding up and that's another reason why the kind of downhill prevent defense scheme that Patrick Graham had dialed up just didn't work at all it didn't even come close to slowing down the box 
Yeah, it, it across the board, outplayed, outcoached, <laughs> outschemed. All of that was on display in this game. And Giants probably not in much of a position to do much to make it to the playoffs. I know that they're mathematically not eliminated, but we'll pretend that there's still a possibility. Uh, we'll talk as if there is one. We've got the Eagles coming up next this upcoming More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high volume, high speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. 